0: Okay. okay, okay, okay. So, see, uh, so I'll continue from where we stopped. Okay, there was a net issue. I hope Nishila can splice the two parts of uh, this uh, brief introduction to thorough together. Yes, sir, so I just paste uh, at the end, sir. No worries. Okay, so, uh henry david thoreau was a follower of transcendentalism so transcendentalism actually says that you know while uh, all uh, life is made up of matter as well as spirit okay life is made up of two parts matter and spirit the spirit has the upper hand and the spirit governs the matter okay so thoreau tried to live his life according to the principles of transcendentalism and uh, so uh, he had uh, many occupations uh, but uh, while engaging in all these occupations, there was one uh, thread which was continuous in his life and that was the aspect of uh, writing. He wrote uh, continuously throughout his life. Upon the advice of his mentor, Ralph Waldo Emerson, he started to keep a journal. Uh, And this journal grew into 14 volumes of printed matter, uh, uh, a total of around uh, uh, so many millions of words. Okay. This, uh, the first edition, the first reliable edition of Thoreau's journal was uh, uh, brought out by two editors called uh, Bradford Torrey and uh, uh, Francis Allen. Okay, so that is the first uh, dependable edition of Thoreau that we have and it runs into 14 volumes. And Thoreau used the material which uh, he wrote down on his walks he almost he used to take a walk almost daily in the woods and fields surrounding his native village of Concord and uh, uh, whatever impressions were made upon him on that day, they were noted down duly in the journal and uh, this journal was handwritten, so it was a great uh, you know, thing to decipher Thoreau's. Uh, Handwriting, actually, if you look at a sample of his writing, it's not uh, writing as such, more like a scrawl, S C R A W L. So, to actually decipher the scroll and bring out a reliable edition of his uh, thoughts was a monumental task, and it was done by two editors at uh, the Houghton Mifflin Company, publishing company in the US. And uh their name is a side the Bradford Torrey and Bradford, I don't know. So uh, they work tirelessly and selflessly to bring out this edition of Thoreau. Uh, and uh, what we have now and there are many more and there have been many more editions since then. The most recent I think is the one which is being going to be brought out or which has been brought out by Princeton University Press and uh, uh, so let see. Uh, Thoreau was, uh, you know, that aspect of his life—the aspect of writing—was continued throughout his life. Uh, from almost from the moment he met Emerson till uh he wrote the uh, the last uh, paragraph of his journal two weeks before his death. Uh. journal, he got material for many of his essays and uh, books, including Warden And uh, this, uh, some of his famous essays, which have been called, uh, called C-U-L-L-E-D from uh, his uh, uh, journal, some of his essays, which are notable, are uh, civil disobedience. Civil disobedience is one of the defining uh, essays of uh, the 20th century because it influenced uh, free freedom fighters in other nations like uh, Mahatma Gandhi in uh, India and Nelson Mandela in South Africa and Martin Luther King in uh, America. And uh, they... uh, they got their ideas for, you know, getting freedom for their nations from uh, oppression, oppressive regimes from this essay called Civil Disobedience. So Thoreau is the author whose uh, work uh, has been influencing uh, you know, whole nations across the globe, whole races across the globe. So, um, uh he began his career he uh, published his first work in uh in a magazine he himself founded with the guidance of Ralph uh, Waldo Emerson that magazine was called the dial and he published many of his poems and uh uh, um, uh essays in that magazine called the dial and uh, uh uh, so um, some of his other famous essays are one on walking, and uh, there's uh there are several trips he took to the backwoods of his uh, uh native state, native country. There's no essay called Walking, and uh, it's Katada Katadan K T A A D M. It's about a trip to a mountain and uh, so on and so forth uh eventually uh thoro uh as i said he tried his hand at many vocations uh and uh, his family was uh, uh it, his father was a businessman but not very prosperous he uh he had started uh, you know uh uh, uh a factory for making pencils. And Thoreau was such a genius in everything he undertook that uh, he invented a new method of grinding the graphite for uh, the pencils, for the pencil lead. And uh, this was successful and he could have become prosperous, but his inclination was towards, uh, you know, letters and uh, he continued uh, with his... uh, uh reading and uh, writing, and uh, you know, uh, recording his impressions, uh, and then uh, just uh, upon the suggestion of one of his friends, he uh, built a cabin for himself uh, on the shore of Warden Pond in Concord, Massachusetts. So, uh, Warden Pond. Uh, who belonged uh, the site of Thoreau's cabin belonged to his mentor Ralph Waldo Emerson, and uh, Emerson, along with other noteworthy citizens of Concord at that time, like uh, Bronson Alcott and William and Leigh, having a poet, Bronson Alcott uh, was also a philosopher, and uh, there's another famous writer. Thoreau raised his house. It means uh, they helped him to put up the first uh, post. You know, Thoreau had chopped down a number of trees and he had uh, trained them and shielded them. And uh, to raise his cabin, uh, many of the famous uh, uh, thinkers and intellectuals of that time came to uh, Walden and uh, Thoreau makes a comment, he says, uh, there was none so honored in the character of his razors than I. So, um, he lived in Walden, he lived on the shore of Walden Pond uh, and uh, he wrote his uh, book called Walden. Walden was a bestseller and uh, it's a series of eighteen essays. 18 essays. Uh, it describes Thoreau's experiment in basic living uh, and uh, the one of the goals of Thoreau's uh, life was uh, to have uh, time free for leisure so that he could uh, leisure or leisure uh, so that he could pursue his uh, natural inclinations. So uh, he felt you know that uh, uh, people of uh, that day and the people of today and the people of all days actually they are engaged in something called business so as we all know the root word of business is busy so people are always busy doing the same old routine thing again and again so that becomes a sort of soul killing activity in which nothing new is gained and uh, so to escape from this sort of drudgery Thoreau felt, you know, that uh, he should uh, have time free for leisure to pursue his natural inclinations to what he felt was important in life. So uh, he made this experiment uh, at Walden Pond to live as simply and self-sufficiently as possible. So in Walden, as we shall read later on. He says that uh, once the three basic necessities of life, food, clothing, and shelter, and fuel, four basic necessities, food, clothing, shelter, and fuel are satisfied, uh, a man can uh, grow uh, to his natural, can pursue his natural uh, inclinations in life. Uh, He can grow like a plant, uh, a plant which is valued uh, for the fruit it bears in the sun. That is the help you can give to others of this generation and to others of uh, future generations uh, through his ideas. So, uh, he wanted uh, to... Okay. So, uh, he pursued uh, his uh, uh, plan of living as simply and self-sufficiently as possible by himself on the shores of Walden Pond. And uh, he took, uh, you know... uh, Minute look at all the aspects of nature that he came into contact with. He was intimate with the small animals of uh, that place. Like, uh, for example, we're told that you know there was a mouse in his cabin, and Thoreau could communicate with this mouse through a series of whistles. So, uh, and uh, the mouse would do as he bid it to do would run up his sleeve and up his uh, collar and down his arm, and then it would nibble at the cheese. So he's very intimate with the fauna of that place, and uh, he describes the the sounds, the smells, and the looks of the woods and uh, the water of Walden Pond in various seasons. Okay, he describes the music of the telegraph wires the wind in the telegraph wires. He calls it an aeolian harp. A harp is a string instrument which you play by plucking. So he describes the music of this, uh, the wind uh, flowing through the telegraph wires as a aeolian harp. Aeolus was a great, uh, one of the, Iulus was one of the figures uh, in uh, Greek um, mythology. Uh, so, uh, um, uh, so uh, this uh, aspect of his life, um, okay, uh, which he recorded in his book, has helped to raise Walden to the status of a literary classic. It's a classic book of American uh, philosophy. Thoreau stayed for two years at Walden Pond. uh, um, But he condensed the uh, narrative of his book into one year. Uh, He actually uh, started to live at uh, Walden Pond on Independence Day in 1845, which may be symbolic because it shows that uh, no, it is a sign that he can be self-sufficient, live on his own, without anybody's help. In that sense, it was a sense of independence which uh, uh, he conveys to his readers uh, who read the book Walden. Okay, he lived for two years, but he condensed it into uh, one year. So, um, Thoru again... Uh, uh, returned uh, from warden two years later uh, okay. in 1847 and he started to live in it there on uh, uh, on independence Day in eighteen forty five and left it in september eighteen forty seven uh, in the middle of this uh, life in the world he had he had to spend a night in jail because uh, he would he refused to pay his taxes so uh, he had uh, refused to pay his tax for many years. Uh, And uh, he refused to pay his tax for many years because he said that uh, this uh, uh, act of uh, paying the tax would support the government and the government would uh, continue its, uh, you know, atrocities against uh, the slaves of that time and uh, uh, so he was an uh, he was arrested for not paying his tax uh, and uh, spent one night in jail and out of that night out of the emotions and thoughts of that stay in prison came civil disobedience and uh, one of the uh, famous lines from that Uh, book is under a government which imprisons any unjustly the true place for a just man is also prison so uh, um, uh, so as he aged uh, his uh, enthusiasm for transcendentalism drained away and uh, to support himself he became a surveyor A surveyor, of course, is a person who values the land, who measures the land. uh, And uh, he became more of a scientist. Uh, And uh, so uh, uh, instead of being a spiritual uh, sojourner, he became more of a scientist towards the end of his life. And uh, uh, he passed away... uh, at the young age of uh, forty-four, shortly after his father died, uh, because uh, he, was, he spent uh, night outside, night, night outdoors, and he caught tuberculosis, and tuberculosis was a fatal disease at that time. So he succumbed to the cold, and uh, he passed away in, uh, at the age of forty-four. So, Thorold lived, as I said, from uh, uh, in the village of Concord in his native Massachusetts. From uh, he lived, uh, uh, okay, uh, and uh, even today, uh, in Concord Public Library, uh, if uh, there's a, if you, if we visit that library, we see that. Uh, The journal of Thoreau is kept open on the day uh, which we pay the visit. Every day of the year on which uh, uh, has an entry in the journal. Almost all the days of the year have an entry in the journal. And uh, the librarian there keeps the journal open for that particular day. Uh, So we can find out what uh, Thoreau was doing on that particular day, uh, you know, about uh, 200 years ago, 100, 150, 200 years ago. So this is a brief uh, biography of Thoreau and I think uh, we should start with the reading of uh, Walden soon, right Nishala? Yes, sir. Which is okay. So, uh, uh, the uh, we'll start with the uh, Walden. Walden has got uh, 18 chapters, and uh, the first uh, chapter of his book is called uh, Economy.